Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Jim Malcheski here uh, at 11 o'clock. He is her opponent. He is the current legislator for District 10. James, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Joe. How are you today? Doing well, James. And uh, I, I will start right where uh, we started with your opponent, and that is the asylum seekers that uh, have come to Erie County from New York City, 49 on uh, two buses, I believe it was two weeks ago. Uh, her opposition to that, she says the legislature is not doing enough um, to challenge the county executive on this. How do you respond? Uh, I I came out right out of the gate uh, with a resolution against it, um, held a press conference down at County Hall on Sunday morning. Um, I've been very vocal of uh, advocate against it. Um, I have no problem with immigration, but it needs to be done the right way. Um, my grandparents came over, um, you know, as immigrants. They had sponsors. There, there's a system and a process in place for a reason, to avoid everything that's happening right here. And then the other big part of the problem is the lack of transparency from both the governor and the county executive and the fact that uh, it's been over three, almost four weeks now, uh, since I came out with this and haven't even um, been able to get it on the agenda with the Government Affairs Committee. You know, that's the thing. The, the county executive has not given a lot of information to the public. What has he said to the legislature? Has he addressed this with the members of the legislature? Absolutely not. He, uh, they're saying this will be addressed in the Government Affairs Committee, and the reason it hasn't been addressed is there's nothing to talk about. I think there's plenty to talk about. Uh, when you have something of this magnitude infiltrating your community, um, you look back at the basic questions that you learned in elementary school, who, what, why, where, and when. Um, I can't answer any of those. Uh, to this date, there has been some communication with legislator Frank Tadaro, um as the, I think there's three busloads that have come in now, uh, as the three busloads have come into his district. So, as they come in, they've been communicating with him directly. Uh, now, looking at your time in the legislature, you, uh, you started in January. Do you find communication between the executive and the legislature to be lacking? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a lack of transparency, a lack of communication. Um, that's something I strive and um, have really tried to do a good job on getting both sides of the aisle to work together. 
Um, when I came on on January 5th, one of the first things that I had to tackle was Kathy Hochul's gas proposal. Um, you know, in doing that, um, I'm the one that put forth the resolution on that. As a contractor, I know how ridiculous that, that whole thing was. And um, the resolution I managed to put forward um, with an 11 to 0 vote. And, uh, you know, that was definitely encouraging and, uh, you know, getting both sides of the aisle to work together. I was pretty happy with that. You know, we heard a few months ago this was a big story. We had Legislator Green on uh, to talk about the bonds versus using, versus, sorry, using money that the county already has. Were you happy with that compromise, or do you think that there could have been a better resolution? With the bond resolution, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I think looking back, um, this is the first time that that stance really has been taken, and it was shut down. And it was shut down, uh, once again, because of the lack of communication, the lack of transparency. Um, you know, and I was the one that came in, once again, as the contractor, as the new guy, and really started asking questions as to why this isn't completed yet. Um, if this isn't completed, when is this stuff that's being proposed going to be completed? When we have a stadium, which is going to be built over here, knowing that there's not enough contractors for that. So, um, you know, I feel really good on the accomplishments that I've had in six months. And uh, I know that I've made a positive effect for the taxpayers of Vera County. Looking at that Bill Stadium, that was one of the big stories, uh, obviously, right at the beginning of your time in the legislature. Are you happy with what the county got out of that deal? I think it was a fair deal. Um, you're never going to win. Um, if, if you do win, something really went wrong with, with negotiations. Um, a good negotiation is when both sides win. And uh, when you look at the other stadium proposals that are coming forth right now uh, across the country with baseball stadiums and football stadiums, I do think that Erie County um, definitely got a, a good deal out of that. And the best part about it is they're exiting the football business, which um, that is going to save taxpayers um, a lot of money, um, you know, in the long run. You know, you talked about your short time in the uh, in the legislature, about six months running in a primary. How difficult does it make it, you know, having only six months and then being challenged on that six months going into uh, a primary this Tuesday? Uh it definitely presents its challenges, but it wasn't unexpected. Um, when I threw my hat in the ring back in November, uh, there was five, uh, five um, candidates uh, for the position. Uh, Chairman Cracker put forth a great process. Um, I was selected out of that process, and I knew that if I did get selected, um, that it wasn't going to be just a handoff, and I was good you know, for the next year, two, three, four um, I knew I'd be uh, basically sworn in and starting to campaign the next day. So um, it wasn't a surprise. Um, you know, I think that um, um, I'm very passionate about public service. I'm very passionate about the work that I do. Um, you know, I am a hardworking, diligent guy. So, um, you know, I, I, look, I look forward to the challenge. Looking uh, forward to Tuesday, I've got to ask you this. This was in the paper um, yesterday or today. Carl Paladino throwing a late endorsement uh, behind your opponent. Do you have a response to that? Yeah, that's uh, political IOUs at its finest. 
Um, I've spoken with Carl. Um, as I mentioned, I'm a contractor. Carl's a contractor. Carl and I, are uh, we have a good working relationship. Um, Carl contributed to my campaign. Um, this really is nothing more than Carl settling up some IOUs with uh, Chairman Lariga. You're on the uh, ballot for the Republican and conservative primary, which I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people who are members of third parties kind of figure there's nothing going on on primary day for them. Uh, so you're kind of campaigning for two parties here going into the final stretch. That's got to be a, it's also got to present its challenges. Uh, it definitely does. The conservative primary is, is the challenge. Um, as you said, uh, there's not typically uh, many primary races over there. So people are not used to um, having to get out um, and vote on primary day, hence the reason every single day for the last month. And right now, currently, as we speak, I'm out knocking on doors uh, to make sure that um, all the conservatives in my district know um, that they can get out today until 5 o'clock and then all day on Monday. Um, every vote's going to count in this race. And um, I look forward to gathering as many as I possibly can. You know, your first six months in the legislature, is there anything that surprised you about how politics at the county level work? My biggest surprise, um, I kind of came up with the phrase, common sense isn't commonplace in Albany. And uh, that coming from town government, um, my 12 years experience as a councilman and deputy supervisor in Elma, um, you never really had to deal with anything on the on the state level. Coming in on the county level, uh, the state level still makes a lot of the decisions. Um, but, um, you know, just seeing some of the actions and some of the proposals that are brought forth, uh, they're, they're just absolutely ridiculous. And on the county level, you need to make sure that you're a strong advocate either for or against what you believe in. And uh, I can definitely say to this date, I've uh, I, I haven't backed down and uh, I've stood up uh, proudly for for what I, I believe is the right thing to do. Well, Jim, before I let you go, it's uh, you're a candidate going into primary. So I always give the opportunity here at the end of the interview. Anything that you wanted to mention that I might not have brought up. Uh, this is your opportunity to do so. Um, the biggest thing that I hear going going door to door is, uh, you know, the negative attacks that my opponent has, has put out there. Um, I can tell you that through my experience, um, I never felt that was the right way to do politics. Um, I think that you should stand on your accomplishments. Um, and what you're seeing is uh, my opponent having a lack of accomplishments. So um, the need to result to a attack ads and stuff like that, uh, has come forth, and I hope that the residents of my district see through that and, um, you know, vote uh, vote the right way for experience to lead this county uh, to lead this county forward. Last question. I know I said that was the last question. This is the last question. Uh, we talked with Ken Crooley last segment about turnout. Uh, have you found that a lot of people are surprised there's a primary coming up? Um. A lot of people are surprised that this is the only primary. Um, I think that that's a good way to put it. Obviously, the conservative voters, as I mentioned, are not used to, you know, having too many primaries um, in. I think there's nine towns in my district and seven of the nine towns. This is the only race. So trying to, you know, entice people to get out on a beautiful Sunday afternoon like we have here, um, that has been challenging. But 
Um, you know, I think that the negative ads that were thrown out there really have, um, you know, turned people's stomachs to the point where they are going to get out and vote and they're going to get out and vote for the right people. Legislator, legislator James Malcheski, thank you so much for joining me this morning. No problem. Thank you very much for having me and have yourself a fantastic day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.